0: Yo, welcome to Stars Podcast, the home of Growth Mindset Moment, where we break down the habits, hacks, and protocols the stars use while relentlessly moving forward to maximize our daily potential. If this is your first time, welcome to the fam. If you're a long-time listener, thank you for stopping back. Our guests range from entrepreneurs, C-suite pros, Web3, NFT, and crypto enthusiasts jiu-jitsu athletes fitness instructors mindset coaches lawyers and everything in between they may seem different on the surface however when we start to break down the systems they all live by we quickly realize we're all not so different after all i'm your host ron jordan along with my co-host Alyssa jordan coming out of rosinante studios in slippery rock pennsylvania let's get into the journey
1: Good morning, GM. Uh, this is Alyssa. And this morning, we have the distinct pleasure of having one of the folks that I've had the privilege of connecting with um, through uh, Web3 and Twitter. And it is Sierra. And she goes by Juju Mama on Twitter, J U U J U U Mama. And that's really intentional because she has an incredible business. Uh, around crystals and energy and she does a lot with um, she has a podcast and it really just aligns really really well with what um, we talk about here at growth mindset moment um, mindful business podcast Uh, she has a self-care blog Uh, i'm really excited to talk to you and connect with you a little bit more than just in tweets, sierra so welcome to the show thank you for being here
2: Yes, of course. I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Web3 and NFTs have connected me with so many cool and interesting people. Um, I'm Sierra, a.k.a. Juju Mama. That's my um, Web3 and NFT alias. <laughs> uh, Juju Mama, because I'm the creator of a metaphysical and crystal store called Good Juju. Um, I created it in 2018. Um, The name Good Juju pays homage to my ancestors. The word Juju comes from traditional West African religion where crystals were used for healing and protection and attracting abundance. Um, What prompted me to create Good Juju was discovering that I have PMDD. It's basically amped up premenstrual syndrome that causes severe irritability and depression and anxiety the week leading up to menstruation. Um, to manage it, I've really had to emphasize self-care and <laughs> prioritizing my physical and mental well-being, and it kind of pushed me to explore alternative wellness. So I really started getting into yoga, meditation, essential oils, and ultimately discovered crystals. Um, in November 2021, we said, seg- not segued, but we, we started deciding to make an intentional effort to make good juju web 3s favorite crystal store. We started accepting crypto. We released an NFT collection and this has prompted me to like really immerse myself in the culture. And that's how we connected. That was a lot, but that was a condensed version of how oh, I that's got. That's
1: great. No, that's perfect. That's a perfect introduction. It kind of bridges everything together really well. And I just want to go back. Um, you know, it's it's so refreshing to hear a woman really talk openly about PMDD. I think we get stigmatized even to talking about regular PMS, let alone an elevated version of that 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 causes us mental health and physical um, uh, trauma. I was going to say discomfort, and I'm like, no, it's really kind of sometimes traumatizing to have those extreme things happen um, that you have absolutely no control over, but you have to find a way to. To, you have to employ strategies and techniques to to really bring it under control so thank you for sharing that um you know as another woman who has struggled similarly with with similar things like I, I really appreciate that. Uh, did you find that uh, that you had an easy time getting that diagnosed <laughs> or or was has it been quite the journey because I've heard kind of different versions of how that works out for women who are exploring that.
2: Oh, girl. No. Um, (laughs) I thought I was crazy. I literally thought I was losing my mind. Every month I would become a person that was not myself and everyone close to me could observe it and I could feel it. And it was like and it was sad and scary. I was traumatizing. And I say was because I feel like I'm moving into a place where I'm learning to manage it better. And I'm trying to be intentional about my language because language is very important. Um, But yeah, for a while, I just thought I was losing it. I was like, dude, I'm going crazy every month. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I'm like this crazy, rageful, impatient, uh, depressed person that is not me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I had doctors tell me I've had I had doctors tell me everything from um, this is just the experience of being a woman. And this is what it's like to have ovaries and experience PMS and get over it and deal with it. And you're being dramatic to well, if you really don't want to deal with it, um, get a get a hysterectomy and just have your ovaries removed. And I was like, dude, I kind of need those for a few things I have planned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they also seem to push towards like putting you on SSRIs too. you know, the, the antidepressant uh, depressant medication, which doesn't always jive well with your body chemistry, just because your hormones are causing some sort of uh, disruption that, that, deregulates everything that you normally have regulated doesn't necessarily mean that that's the approach either. Like, I think for some people, it's really helpful. And that's great. But it seems like the default position by physicians is to just load you up with, you know, brain chemical altering um, drugs to try to solve the problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I am a very crunchy, natural person. Like, Other than having a crystal store, I also work in cannabis, like my kind of like, like this is my passion project and this is my, um, I don't, it's not even a side thing because it's been the last four and a half years of my life, but like IRL full time, I work in cannabis and like, I'm just a firm believer that like nature has a remedy for everything. I've been very resistant to taking medicine since getting my diagnosis, but I will say um, this last few months, I have finally opened myself to taking a very low dose of like a basically like a Prozac generic. And like, I am the last person who would ever take anything. And when I say it's helped immensely, it's like there's finally the sun coming out from oh, behind. That's the- so good out. to hear. They like. Like if you're resistant to it and you've tried everything and nothing has worked, like give it a shot because maybe it maybe it will help a bit. Like maybe that's the missing piece. So everybody's different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, everybody's different. And I just want to I'm going to get on a soapbox for just a hot second. Just be like, isn't it a beautiful thing as women when we can explore options on how to treat things that affect our health with our doctors without interference? That's all. Uh <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh I love I I love hearing that you're in cannabis. I actually have a really dear friend um who who is in cannabis. Uh she just is she's just not opening up her dispensary in New Jersey. So shout out to Cindy um if she's listening. Just want to give her a quick shout out. That's that's a that's a tough business to be in. Uh I think everyone just assumes it's easy, especially when you're coming at it from um A holistic sort of way with all the big corporations that have kind of gotten into cannabis. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? I didn't even know that about you. I would love to hear your perspective and what it's like to be someone who wants to approach this in more of a holistic way and kind of competing with all of these larger entities.
2: Yeah, abs- you know, it's so funny. I always mention like cannabis, I always mention it almost as an afterthought. And then I forget that it's like very interesting and salient and relevant to people. So I will absolutely share a bit. Yeah, about. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. My, so just a brief uh, kind of context, like my background is in CPG product development. So like I've developed a lot of physical things like cosmetics, skincare, food products, pet products. And that kind of led me to cannabis um, because I spent time developing infused products. And it's like this weird combination of like um, like food regulations. It's like this weird mashup of like how they're regulating cannabis. I was mostly working on it in California. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. I got in the industry in like 2015 or 2016 Um, definitely well into the commercialization and gentrification of Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: you you did it before it was super cool. You did it when it was still really hard. So that's, that's impressive.
2: It was very fascinating. Yeah, there was a time in cannabis. I will say, though, like the novelty, and it's interesting how like Silicon Valley like moves in terms of the waves of interest. Like it's like everyone that was investing in cannabis is like investing in Web3 and NFTs now. Like people are always on to the next hot thing. And it's like a lot of the money has dried up out of cannabis. A lot of the big people who came in and thought it was going to be really profitable realized that like, all of the taxes and like barriers to doing business actually make it like not profitable at all. And like, if you want to make money in cannabis, you should just sell on the black market.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds an awful lot like Web3, truthfully. (laughs) Like (laughs) when you said about the regulation, like that's the thing that popped in my head is like, you know, they're trying to regulate it. There's all these different ways they're trying to regulate and they can't quite figure out how to do it. Uh, It sounds very similar to Web3, but I digress.
2: Oh, it is yeah no definitely I think um it's weird I can see parallels between everything I'm doing it's like everything is kind of so different but yeah absolutely it is it was it's the wild west still it's like not fully it's not federally legal it's not you know available in every state but I feel like we're getting there I feel like people are um yeah Amer- as you mentioned about medicine Americans are one of the most um America is the most medicated (laughs) country in the world. Um, And I think we're starting to realize that and starting to notice some of the negative societal and just like health effects uh, personally. Um, And I think people are more willing to experiment with cannabis and mushrooms and things like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was funny. We were watching, um, I don't stay up late. I have to sleep. I'm I'm not a stayer up or later. And uh, so I was watching SNL this morning because uh, I wanted to check it out. And the, they had like a little um, ad for the, the Oscars because they were doing like a red carpet skit. And they're like, it's being sponsored by Ozempic because apparently everyone in Hollywood has diabetes. But we know that Ozempic is used like differently. But yeah, I mean, that is, that's why that's funny is because our entire American society is caught up in treating something medicinally. So that was funny. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's kind of the path of least resistance. It's like the quickest way to get somewhere. And a lot of people are looking for instant gratification, which is someone like who suffered through their own medical perils can totally relate to like when you're not feeling right or, or there's something that you think could make you feel better. Like you want it as soon as possible, but, uh, yeah, there are pros and cons to everything, I suppose.
1: (laughs) For sure. Well, that's really good. That's really cool that, um, You've kind of felt you navigated your way through all of these different um, paths towards uh, things that align for you. I like that you what you said about that. Can you talk to us a little bit about like your your focus on mindfulness and and your mindful business podcast and how because all of this all of this ties together. I can see how it all ties together. But can you bring it all together for us? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Mindful Business really is like my attempt to tie everything together, my vast expanse of experience and interest. Um Mindful Business is a weekly podcast I've been doing. We just had episode 30. And I was just thinking like, holy cow, it's been 30 weeks we've been doing this podcast. I do it with Abby, Abby is the founder of Elevate NFT and Wellness. Like Abby is a yoga instructor over 20 years and like meditation and mindfulness coach. Um, and I, I come to Mindful Business as the founder of Good Juju. Um, and also of course, with all my background and, and CPG experience. So we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about mindfulness and we talk about Web3. So like we've had episodes about everything ranging from like digital marketing strategies to what is meditation, to how do you make a crypto wallet, which is kind of incredible and fun because I feel like I get to just like fully be myself and like not have to fit into any box that anyone wants to put me in.
0: <laughs> hey, with your experience in the consumer packaged goods and all of the experience that you have in like multi-levels multi, multi levels of it, so with cosmetics, now with cannabis and with other other products, I'm curious... Like what what has been the biggest evolution in CPG and where do you see it kind of going? Because that's one of those areas that everybody who creates an online business, they end up creating some sort of CPG. Um, I'm just curious, like where your thoughts are on the evolution of it and and where you think it's headed?
2: That is a really fun question. I love that question. So, so, what's really interesting and i think a lot of it is driven by millennials what we're seeing this last few years is like cpg cpg brands used to be there was nothing sexy or cool about cpg it was like mom's going to the grocery store she's getting q-tips she's getting betty crocker like there was nothing fun or community building like it, it was just a brand and now what's happening with cpg is like every CPG brand. And it's interesting. And now, once I say this, it's going to burn in your mind. And when you see commercials and new products, like stuff in Whole Foods, you're gonna be like, Oh, I see it. Every CPG brand now is trying to be a lifestyle brand. There's all of the, like, the label claims. Everybody wants to be sustainable. There's these stories, uh, the allergy considerations, like, like uh, the brands are there's like this whole saga and and movie as to how they came to be. It's not just here to serve the purpose of like, here's your calories. <laughs> and I think like this, it's not just a commodity now. It's, it's this lifestyle brand. And I think that's really fascinating and interesting. And that aside, I think e-commerce, e-commerce is what's really like this direct to consumer, this like, you don't have to find me in Walmart or ShopRite or or writing, like you can go online and you can have me in two days with no middleman or Amazon is the 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 main middleman. Um,
1: and then yeah. get me to subscribe. <laughs> because that's the best part. Because now, like my shampoo is on a subscription, my my furnace filters are on a subscription, my cleaning products are on a subscription. And all three of those are on three different platforms. But I don't yes. have to think about it anymore because you package it for me and you send it to me automatically and I don't even have to go to the store.
0: Yeah, I just yeah. had that experience with uh, with Dollar Shave Club. I've been with Dollar Shave Club for the last 10 years and they just they sent me their new updated razor and their new razors and I was just like and it came with like a little explanation on it just like you were talking about with just this lifestyle brand um, and listening to the, in to the customers and I I would also I would also argue that sometimes, like they almost sell themselves out as the lifestyle brand. Like they're really not that lifestyle brand, but they want to be in it because they know that it's trending or hip or cool, and they'll sell product. So I'm, I'd be curious too, like what your thoughts are on that with uh, with maybe over branding or over extending themselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people are definitely faking the bacon, as I like to say, because <laughs> this whole, <laughs> this whole like alternative wellness and supplements, natural healing, like yoga, like these things are making a a resur, Not even a resurgence. These things are just surfacing in in western culture. Like pe- like we're kind of doing things backwards and it's like Usually it's like, work your way up to the medicine and, and, and try and figure it out yourself. And then if you need it, go there. We're like, as we said, no, take the medicine first
1: because <laughs> you're going to get
2: the relief immediately. <laughs> and yeah, no, I feel like, I, I'm sorry. I, have uh, I, I just had a, <laughs> I just had the most beautiful cardinal outside of my window uh... and it com- it completely threw off my train of thought. I live in Virginia, and we have uh, really beautiful Blue Jays and Cardinals, and I just got the most striking view.
0: Cardinals are <laughs> supposed to be like a, a visit from from the other side, aren't they? Like they're like a sign. Make, I, yeah. I, I thought I heard that before.
2: They say that. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. say that they symbolize like a, a deceased uh, yeah. relative of one coming to visit.
0: <laughs> Maybe they want to come see you do your new Card- podcast here.
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. That completely made me lose my train of thought. I'm like a birdie, total. Like I have binoculars. Like I'm a
1: total bird. Uh, you watcher.
0: and I would get along just fine then.
1: Oh no, I almost <laughs> got Ron for a holiday. One of those they have the cameras set up at a bird feeder. They like it's Bluetooth camera to your phone, so you can watch the birds as they show up. Like that's on that's on the short list of of novel gifts to give him uh, for a holiday this year because he. Will. I'm
0: like part of the bird seed club at our local uh, hardware store.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: that guy. I, I love that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that totally like that took me out of my No, uh, you're good.
0: Well, really what I was trying to get at is you're you're you've been in this industry very authentically and as a lifestyle brand with this alternative medicine. You, we call it alternative medicine in the western culture, but it's like it's just natural homeopathic medicine and now that there's sort of this the, I would call it a, a just like this overwhelming surge of interest in in the yogas, in the mindful meditations, into these retreats. And I've heard it be put like this, whenever you have so much in the way of technology and being connected and all of this immersion, that there's also this other side of an increase in retreats and getting away and wanting to go to the mountains. And now that you've seen this because you came at it authentically i was just curious what your thoughts were with some of these people that are quote unquote faking the bacon uh and if you (laughs) see more of that than than not like do you see more that are very authentic or is it just like almost like this cash grab
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're, (laughs) oh my goodness. They're in the spiritual uh, guru world. um, There are some legit, very seasoned scammers out there. And it's actually really sickening and sad because you're basically targeting the weakest people. Like oftentimes when people are seeking alternative wellness or get really immersed in spirituality, they're dealing with some tribulations and trials in their life. And a part of the reason why they're seeking. Uh, that piece is because they have a lot of chaos in their life. And I feel like when you exploit people who are kind of at their lowest or have the most genuine intention, which is to heal themselves or to become enlightened or, or to become a better version of themselves, I feel like that's just like really sick and really low. And there's definitely an extra hot place in hell for those people.
0: <laughs> I agree with that. And that's where I, I sort of I see all of these people and, and including all these lifestyle brands that are really focused on mental health and they give money to mental health. And that's all well and good. And I love that because that that does end up helping somebody. But is it coming from an authentic place? And just like you said, whenever somebody is seeking out this enlightenment and this assistance, they are at probably a low point in their life or they're they're at least open to new ideas, and if you're introducing this new idea as a scammer, um, it, I just it is a, a a really weird place for that person because they're very vulnerable, so they believe that this is a, an authentic piece, and it's and it's and it's hard to determine what's the bullshit and what's not because it all comes in this really nice package of whatever the message is, but it's always this message of, yes, we can help you. Um,
1: Yeah. I'm going to get a little bit controversial for some, and my intention is not to offend, but that's how I feel about traditional religion. Frankly, Um, that's been my experience with that construct. So, you know, there's your controversy for this episode, I guess.
0: But no, it it really (laughs) is. And like, we saw it on the last of us last night where, they're, they were and this is a movie and it's a show and it's a video game but the the storyline hits because like it hits there was a man who found God after the apocalypse and then these people all look to him as a leader and he gets drunk on on power and does all of the things that you think somebody would do that's drunk on power and I think that sometimes when these gurus get into it um, and they do it under the guise of the spiritual, the spiritual guise. Um, I just think that it, it, it hurts us more than it helps us. And obviously, but then it, those like you Sierra who are doing it authentically, then you get lumped right. into this, is, into this group as, as that. And um yeah, just for coming at it traditionally and, and authentically, I just wanted to kind of dig in on where your thoughts were as, with these lifestyle brands, because everybody's a guru anymore, especially when you're on the internet. Um, everybody's like this holistic medicine person or their, their NFT project is going to help you with your mental health. And um, I think a lot of it's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of it is just also the age of the internet in terms of like, I am what I say I am until somebody says otherwise or proves otherwise. And that is, can be really empowering for some people in a lot of ways. And I feel like that's what drew a lot of us to web three is this whole sense of like building this digital identity and like establishing yourself as the person that you want to be on this new frontier. Um, but yeah, that definitely comes with a lot of people. Um, and I also think sometimes I think people are blissfully, um, I think people are blissfully ignorant sometimes and, it's abused and manipulated. Um, oh, and I yeah. think it's important to be diligent and, and vi- vigilant and diligent.
0: <laughs> so as far as digital identities go, you have Juju mama and i and I'd like to dig in a little bit more on the Juju side because most me, especially I'm like, I just hear that and it's like, whatever, but you, you have like some ancestral ties to the actual term. What, uh, like what's that what's that history with, with Juju? Like can you run us through that a little bit?
2: Yeah, it's actually a really like it's a really interesting story of synchronicities as are most things that just work out in life as they're supposed to. So the best kind
1: of stories.
2: <laughs> the best kind of story, yeah. So I created Good Juju in 2018 when I was living in California. Um, I live in Virginia now with my husband. Um, I am originally from New York. I had moved over to the West Coast to work in cannabis. I got a really cool work opportunity. And ultimately living in California is where I um, started my yoga journey, where Good Juju was born. So California and the Bay Area specifically have a lot of like good juju associated, um, with, with it just for all the different milestones and things that happened in my life when I was in that geographic area. Um, but yeah, in 2018, I started actively exploring natural, uh, ways to deal with my PMDD. I started doing acupuncture. I started, um, smelling essential oils, um, doing like these herbal tinctures and supplements, um, and ultimately i had a friend who took me to a crystal store in oakland it was the first time i had ever been to one as a new yorker like crystal stores are not a, a thing like <laughs> like it's like in california there's a crystal store everywhere it's like oh there's a metaphysical store there's a reiki shop like in new york it's like crystal store like like cri- drugs like crystal meth <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, first time being in like, but the experience was just mind blowing. It was so peaceful. I felt like it was so serene. Like I just walked in and I could just like feel the energy emanating from the stones. And like, there are definitely there as we were talking about people who feel like there are scams in natural wellness. There are people who feel like crystal healing is a scam. And I always tell people like, I would never tell someone like, Oh, you have a headache. Like, tape a quartz crystal to your forehead like yeah. it's going to go away in 10 minutes like crystals are a tool that you use to set intentions you use them in your spiritual practice they're not our god they're not a religion and they're not uh a kryptonite for superman like they like they don't mm-hmm. have supernatural uh powers that are going to shift your life in mind altering ways um so that I just have to put that disclaimer out there so whatever, I started meditating with them, I started wearing them as jewelry, and I, I felt just like a positive shift. And again, not in a way that I'm like the next Gandhi or Mother Teresa, but I definitely felt my, like some positive vibrations and some good juju going on. Um, and for me, as someone who is in this like, emotional turmoil every month with my PMDD, like finding those moments of solace and peace and, and serenity, like, I live for those moments because they were they felt like they were few and far between. So I really leaned into it um, and ultimately just wanted to share them with, with as many people as possible. It was like, oh, my God, I love crystals. I love looking at them. I love holding them. I love wearing them. I love collecting them. And then, of course, I go from collecting crystals to collecting NFTs. So I feel like there's a pipeline there. Um, but oddly enough, and this is where the synchronicity comes in. So. And this is like the totally like just weird part of just like how the universe works. So my dad is African-American and my mom is Puerto Rican and Italian. So I am a mixed up multicultural honey and I have a lot going on. And there's always been this part of me that like, Uh, just felt like almost like an identity crisis of like I have so much going on that like I don't know how to identify. So my father, who's African-American, just as of recently and for for people for people who are black, like you get it. But for people who aren't black, I'm going to break it down. Like a lot of African-Americans here don't know anything about their history. And a lot of it has to do with slavery. Just going to put it out there like there's connection as to like
1: hey sierra you know, i'm gonna interrupt you a lot of white people don't know their history and a lot of it has to do with slavery too so trust me we have that in common
2: <laughs> okay so, so you know, <laughs> and i guess like maybe it's just like a, a modern thing in terms of not being connected with our ancestral roots but especially for black people in america yeah, it's like fair. it's missing you know so my dad did this dna test and, and for Black people, for a lot of us, it's just like, my dad is Black. And like, it was just like, he's Black. And that word is like a very American thing. Like being right. African-American is an American thing. So there was there was nothing behind that for me. Uh, so we did a DNA test and we, we discovered that our ancestors are actually from uh, Togo and Benin in West Africa, uh, which is where the word juju was born. And I just okay. found it to be. So incredible. I out of here. <laughs> what? I, was like, I was like, what? Of, like all the places in Africa, like our ancestors are from the birthplace of like Juju. <laughs> like, And this was after good Juju was born. And I just felt like, I almost felt like it was like veneration. Like I felt mm-hmm. like it was African for my ancestors that like, I'm sharing the knowledge and healing that I'm meant to, and I just thought it was beautiful and incredible.
0: And that's why that cardinal showed up out of your window right now.
2: <laughs> yes. That's I, I, your
0: ancestors being like, yep, we're still here. We're still doing this. We still got the juju. We're spreading the word.
1: <laughs> so, so Sierra, so just to break it down just a little bit deeper for folks, you know, everyone can go Google what does juju mean, but what does it really mean to you? Like what if we were going to define it?
2: Yes, absolutely. So good juju It's interesting. So like the uh, so the context, the original meaning juju is like in in West African culture, it's just it literally just meant like an inanimate object. It could be a crystal. It could be a stick. It could be uh, something you made that has some energy Um, or some spiritual properties or powers associated with it, and for some people, like in Christianity, as you were mentioning, like this might be rosary beads, this might be the cross Mm -hmm. that you keep on top of your door. So, for me, good juju is about positive energy, and specifically about how crystals can be a reminder, uh, to set intentions and to just like live colorfully, like, like this almost sat like, like like Lisa Frank vibes, like bring color into the world. Like, like be the vibe that is missing. Like, like like be the smiling face in a room full of like scowls, you know, like good juju is the reminder to, to be the energy that's often missing. Um, And that's, that's what I try to do every day. Like when I show up and I'm vending with my crystals, like I go out of my way to have a good experience with everyone I encounter. And like, Good is different for everyone every day. I don't want to like be toxic positivity and like, you know, especially as someone who spent a lot of time feeling down, um, you know, good is subjective and we show up differently every day, but it's about just like bringing, bringing the good vibes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's so important because so many times we, we hear so much about, you know the importance and i i know you talk about this so we'll get into it a little bit but about like meditation and setting intentions but the concept of having something physically around you to remind you to focus on positive energy and positive bringing setting good intentions when you're surrounded by a world full of things that could could drive you towards negative in a hot second I think that that's really an important message for folks is that you don't have to necessarily subscribe to any sort of spiritual aspect of it if you don't want to, but keeping yourself surrounded by things that evoke from you the ability to set a positive intention and approach your day, to approach cleaning your house, to approach your jobs, to approach your kids, to approach your mailman, mail person, well, whoever, um, just in a more positive way. I think that that's so incredibly important, such a powerful message.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you. I absolutely absolutely because it's incredible how just like a small act of good juju can like really shift someone else's whole experience like like you don't know if that little smir- smirk or smile like that small compliment like is, is going to shift someone's whole day like you, you never know what somebody's going through so it's like why not like if, if you can be the difference why not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. And I love there's like a I think there was a commercial, might have been just like this little skit thing, but there was a commercial that sort of did that where they had a butterfly effect where this one person saw somebody holding the door open and then that person would smile with the next person or like pay it forward type of thing. And you could see like this cascading effect of just one act like that. Um and and I like how you brought it back to rosary beads or just the cross. I think that there's a lot of analogies that we can make as these reminders. Um, like tattoos, for example, tattoos are, are these things that end up becoming reminders just to like connect crystals to other reminders. I think that's really like, uh, that was a powerful statement that you made. And I, 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 really didn't think of it that way. Cause you do hear a lot of, oh, that's crystals. That's a uh, smoke and mirrors. That's snake oil stuff. And, um, and I'd also like to dig in a little bit and bridge it to web three and the NFT side. And I'd like you to talk about the project, but I'd also like to talk about what your thoughts are in terms of using the blockchain to establish the crystal origin of, because there's a lot of, there's like a huge market for uh, these, these stones and fake stones on the market. I'd be curious what your thoughts are for an NFT to symbolize an origin of a crystal or have you thought about that at all?
2: That is super fascinating. Um, I have definitely thought about that in terms of like kind of certifying authenticity or like kind of, um, yeah, there are definitely, and here's the thing too, a lot of people who buy crystals are not, seeking anything from them other than the fact that like they're a mineral collector or a rock hound and they just want something specific for their collection and that being said sometimes people are specifically looking for like oh I want malachite from Congo like I don't want it from this other place you know Mm -hmm. so it's just it's it's interesting and and yeah it's it's tough though I will say um everyone always says this we're so early Mm -hmm. um but really like for especially on the crystals and metaphysical side, it's like, it's a very special type of person. My demographic of of people who are regularly buying crystals and collect them um, is not necessarily the biggest overlap with people who would naturally have an inclination to explore crypto or NFTs. And I've been really explicitly focused on trying to bridge that gap and trying to Um, that's why we're doing like the lifetime discount, uh, with our NFTs. And I can definitely talk more about that, but there's definitely a learning curve. Um, and I feel like once we get over that learning curve, um, things like what you mentioned will be a lot more accessible and understandable, uh, for those who are interested in them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's, I have a, I have a, I have another friend in this space that I met like in the, like the early days, my God, it was like like, 22 years ago, like early days, like we're Pioneers well that's like or something. a decade We're, ago at this covered point. Covered wagons and no antibiotics or something but um it's <laughs> how it feels <laughs> in the days of that Oregon Trail of web 3. <laughs> um my friend Esther Asteria she had she started her witchy bits thing and she it's a similar thing. She she's done something similar of trying to bridge that gap. But, you know, I think it's really really important to remember that People need an access point to understand how the technology works, and it those access points don't have to look the same for everybody, and they shouldn't look the same for everybody because everybody's not go, not coming from the same place. They're not all consuming the same things, they're not all into the into the same things. So there's so creating access points for people who specialize in crystals and energy work, or people who who specialize in music or massage or or building houses I don't care what it is like there's got to be an access point for the average person walking around based upon what they're into to have like have something that introduces them to how this technology works so I think that's a beautiful thing like being so highly specialized and helping people bridge that gap and learn something new and and it's not going to hurt them to learn um and helping them understand that it's not going to hurt them to learn in a safe way and how and that it's really not all new it, it's it's there 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 are challenges but it's not quite as complicated as i think that that it could be so that that's a that's a beautiful way to bridge that gap we talk so much about mass adoption when it comes to new technology not just web3 so for anybody listening doesn't know what web3 is like you don't have to we're talking about embracing new technology and that doesn't just mean you know nft's and crypto it's ai it's 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 all of those things like you know you you start talking about chat GPT anywhere, and people's minds get blown. they're like, what you know a computer's telling you this. yes, yes, it's all robots, Everybody's telling us that yeah, it's everything. the
0: same conversations that we were having back in the day with transitioning to a radio transitioning to a television I mean it's all relative really this uh this early early game is uh it's always one of those things where I think having specialized. Um, skill sets and having those access points on those sides, um, going after smaller populations and, and really specialized. because you have, this is where I think community has so much impact is you have the trust of your customers right. to onboard them. Um, this mass adoption is something that's like, I think it's just so ambiguous that um, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But what you're doing does make a lot of sense with that lifetime discount um, and being able to shop on your on your store, and you're actually you're you're kind of giving a white glove service as well to your uh, NFT holders, where if they want a specialized crystal, you'll go out and shop it for them.
2: Oh yes, that is something new we just started doing. Um, so for people who are really like, <laughs> so for any crystal and mineral dorks, you're probably already aware, but there are some big gem shows that happen uh, every year in the United States. There's The Tucson Gem Show that happens in February and there's the Denver uh, Gem and Mineral Show that happens in September and they are annual. They're every year. Um, A lot of them are open to the public um, but essentially it'll be like a two-week time frame where there's like hundreds, I kid you not, hundreds of like gem shows and a gem show is literally exactly what it sounds like. Vendors and and, uh, people directly from the country of origin where minerals come from bringing pallets and and containers full of gems um, and selling them at wholesale prices uh, to people who have stores. Um, there are shows that are open to the public, meaning you don't have to have like a wholesale license or anything like that. Um, but yeah, we decided to offer our NFT holders the experience of like, okay, you want something? Like I'll go find it at the gem show. And like, not only will I find it, like I'll send you pictures of like everything they have and and you can pick it'll be like you're at the gem show and that's been really fun and incredible to like be a conduit of like helping people find the crystal that really resonates with them because who cares what I like I'm not going to keep it I'm just the (laughs) middleman right
1: hey so Sierra like just in from practical just just some fun things like so what's the most like overrated crystal that people ask for I mean maybe that maybe there isn't an overrated crystal what's the like what's what's the crystal most a lot of people ask for thinking that it's like wanting more from it than maybe they should be expecting
2: i actually love this question um okay so i'm gonna say moldavite oh no I knew it.
0: okay
2: so it sounds like you're both familiar moldavite is basically like it's not even a crystal it's a tektite which is literally it's it's a rock that is metamorphed by heat and impact from an interplanetary collision Um, and this is why people are so interested in it because they're like well it's like extraterrestrial moldavite in in specific comes from a meteor crash from like 10 million years ago Near the Moldau River in the Czech Republic. And there's a very limited amount of it, and it's very expensive, and it's believed to be super powerful. People ask me for it all the time. And honestly, I never carry it. I do have a Moldavite NFT, and it was kind of a joke because I was like, I'm not going to carry this in my store because A, It's really expensive and hard to find. And B, it's often faked. Like there's so much fake malachite out there because there's such high demand for it and so little of it in real life that like I don't want to get duped and sell some like fake, you know, wannabe malachite. Sell some green glass. (laughs) Green glass. So I made a one of one malachite NFT uh, in our series two collection that, like, I tell people, I'm like, okay, you want you want moldavite? I, I might have said malachite just two seconds ago because I'm swapping crystal words. My bad. That's okay. Uh, you can go to the blockchain and find it. I don't have it in my store, but yeah, I think moldavite's a bit overrated because I feel like. I feel like there are crystals that are just as transformative and powerful that are not as expensive and hard to find, and it's just like one of those things that went viral.
1: <laughs> well, that's one thing about what I like about what you put in your storefront and your message as well is that you're you're doing you're sourcing things ethically, you know. So you're so you know as a part of that is making sure that you're not going like you're ta- being mindful to not. Give something to somebody or seek out something that could easily be duped or, or you know, someone could get conned. So I, you know, I think I have I have a, a special great appreciation appreciation for that because there are some that would just be like, yeah, I'll get you whatever you want and you know make a quick buck. So that's that's ethically sourcing. That's that's a big part of ethical sourcing. So sh- you know, props to you for that.
0: Well, and I think you being that conduit as well, um, just being able to source these things ethically and you're at the shows and you do the videos for for your community and i think that that's the other part too that i'm like i sort of i like digging in on is you as a business you have a unique opportunity now to know exactly what your customer wants you know exactly what to go look for you have a shopping list it's sort of like whenever we were all stuck in our homes and having to buy our groceries online and go pick them up it's like you are doing that uh, for for your collectors and i think that even that video and this is going back and i and this is why i'm like i think that this is this is sort of the future of nfts and blockchain is supply chain and i bring it up also whenever i talk about the whole egg dilemma that we had earlier this year was like why are eggs so expensive and then if you go back and you look at as to why it's all about supply chain and increased production and all of these things um, and, and it never made sense. So whenever you are doing this for your community and your customers, it, you know exactly what they want. So you can, as a business owner, you can actually drive down cost as a result of this. Is, is that something that you've thought of or, and even like put inside of a business plan to be like, Hey, this actually makes a lot of sense.
2: Yes, absolutely. This is, I kind of have a whole process now where whenever I add something new to the store, um, I, well, I'm very lucky to have really good relationships with my suppliers where like, they will send me things under minimum order quantities. So like, I I could be like, hey, like, I want to try this out, something new. Like, could you, could you send me like five? Like, I don't want a whole kilo. Like, I just want five to see if people like it. And like, pretty much everything in our store, like before I decide to commit to holding a large amount of inventory of anything... Um, I'll typically tease it um, with photos and videos, do polls. Um, And of course, if people aren't interested, it's like, well, there's my answer. Um, And then two, if I do end up committing to something that people necessarily aren't as interested in as I hope they would be, um, I only have a few as opposed to having a ton. And then also we recently opened up wholesale channels. Um, For a while, I was very resistant to selling to other people with metaphysical stores. I have a really interesting and eclectic selection of carvings. um, And I really, I felt special about it. And I was like, I wanna be the only person like with this because I know I am, because I I know I'm the only person who got this from so-and-so, you know? So like, um, I was really resistant to share, but I will say over this last, really through the pandemic, Um, I decided to open up wholesale and I've started selling to people who have physical crystal stores, which I don't, I I sell online and do, and do pop-ups at markets. Um, And that's been really interesting. And, and it's, it's given a whole new meaning to spreading the good juju, which has been fun.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you this as a, as a fun little side story. um, My off, I work from home mostly, but when I do go into the office, um, down the hallway about four doors down is an entire uh crystal uh storeroom supply area so that makes being in the office sometimes very interesting i'll say that
2: that would make it very distracting for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I figured you'd appreciate that i figured you'd appreciate (laughs) that i'm always walking by and like whoa what can what's happening what's going on (laughs) the door's always locked though so
2: yeah, my house has become a cave. My poor husband is like, girl, do not bring another rock in here because <laughs> <laughs> he, he's banished me to like this this room upstairs where he's like, okay, you got to keep it in there. You can't spread out. I'm
1: like, okay. It would fine, That's I guess. Funny.
0: So you have been spreading out, though, over uh, TikTok. I saw some of uh, your, your TikToks. A lot of them are, are like smash hits on there. Uh, especially with the phallus keychains I saw that that was a, a big hit I was curious They like, were
1: a big hit with Ron yesterday too <laughs> while we were while we were doing was, our research yesterday I was yesterday. doing research
0: and I was like yo this this like this must be a big hit like <laughs> <laughs> So I was curious like what's do you have a strategy for your TikTok presence and your online presence it seems like like that'd be an obvious uh, route for you uh, having an e-commerce store uh, what what is your thought on TikTok and especially now that it's under fire a little bit to be shut down possibly. Um yeah, what's your strategy and and like future outlook on TikTok?
2: That is really that's a great question. Um so first of all, yes, the Fallows keychains are a hit. They are one of the most po- they are the most popular thing that we sell and they have been for years. It's kind of it's kind of one of the things our,
1: our store is known for. Uh, so can i give you a tagline on that you could sell bags of those by the way and they would be a big hit
0: i wanted to i wanted to put a postcard together and says hey have some good juju you dick
1: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) for for the dick in your life
0: right okay moving forward
2: it is. Yeah, it's really, it's funny. Yeah. A lot of people, honestly, a lot of people get them as like little bachelorette gifts or gag gifts um, and give to friends, coworkers. Um, Yeah, it's it's kind of a silly thing for a lot of people. I love seeing people laugh and smile when they see them. It brings me a lot of joy as well. Um, and we recently got matching uh, Yoni keychains uh, so the ladies can represent as well. Yeah. So we're discriminating. <laughs> um, but yes, TikTok. So, TikTok. I will say I have declined. I've, I've declined. uh, hmm, What's the best way of saying this? I don't want to say I'm not using it anymore. I'm not using it as frequently as I used to be using it. Um, I'm still posting on there, um, but I am kind of prioritizing YouTube shorts and Instagram reels as of recently. And I'm mainly because Instagram reels is paying me to post reels, um, which I, whatever, um, monetization threshold is on TikTok. I have not reached it despite having a lot of views and and followers. I'm not there. Um, and I really like that. I like that. Um, they call it bonuses on Instagram. And if you reach a certain threshold of of plays within a defined amount of time, you can earn money and be paid, which I think is awesome. Um, and then YouTube shorts. we we put our mindful business podcast on YouTube. And I've been posting a lot of shorts there, and I'm actually getting a lot more views on the shorts than I am on our podcast episodes, <laughs> which is very fascinating to me, and just shows me that there's a, a high demand for short video content on on YouTube as well. So, um, so I've been trying to move around. I say all that to say, I think it's important to explore. I, I like TikTok and I use it, um, but you got to go where it makes sense. To to be if if that makes sense (laughs)
0: absolutely and i and i'll tell you this too instagram reels lately uh, probably within the last three to six months they start giving you these achievements as well like as your stepping stones to that bonus reward um so i've been starting to earn some of those as like creator uh inspiration whatever and and they kind of give you these little stepping stones to that and i I like that about um about ig reels
2: yeah, it's. I find it interesting how Instagram is trying to incentivize creators in new ways. Um, I think it's important. And uh, I know I, I read about Twitter moving in that direction. But yeah, it's like we, we spend so much time on the, these platforms. Like the least you could do is throw me a bone, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. No,
0: absolutely. And I think that you hit the nail on the head too with all of this short form content. That's really where it's at is being able to get that attention pretty quickly and then really direct them to your website or to other videos. Um, do you look at the metrics? Are you, are you really like strategizing to get them to stay on your your Instagram page or your YouTube page longer? Are you looking into those or is it more just you're seeing that it's an immediate hit and looking at the views?
2: I do look at what people spend more time on um, and I do try to I'm a vet like one thing that's really incredible about being a small business owner is like you can adapt and pivot as much as you want and as quickly as you want and it's like I can make a video this week and it can get five views and next week when I make a new video I can choose to make one differently and if that one gets more views I can keep moving in that direction without consulting a board or getting a yes from someone. So. I feel like that's been really incredible on this journey. It's like, okay, if something's not working, drop it. Just drop it. Like, who cares? Drop it. Don't do it Amen. Delete it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, do you delete? Do you delete stuff?
2: I usually don't, honestly. As a bit, like, it'd be different if it was like, and here's the thing. I don't have any... Um, aside from my Juju Mama Twitter, I don't and LinkedIn. I don't have any personal sh- social media. And if it was my own personal social media for vanity reasons, maybe I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the business page, I do feel like for like SEO purposes, um, I like to keep it because I'm intentional about the words and language I use, and if it's going to help people find. Um, something on the site in the future, even if it's on immediate success, then whatever, I'll, I'll leave it up.
0: That makes a lot of sense though because something that I've been reading a lot about social media and just being able to use it for a marketing uh, marketing tactic is, is the SEO. Being able to have all of those words and a like words inside of all of your videos, it makes a big difference for the user to be able to find you, for the algorithm to pick you up. All of it matters. All of it really, really matters. So that's, I think that's smart.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. When I look, so I use Shopify. That's another thing. I'm a Shopify maxi. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever want to have like a dedicated Shopify episode, have me back. But like, one thing I'll say about Shopify is like the analytics are pretty incredible, especially when you start installing pixels from specific social media platforms and you can really get into the weeds of of how things are performing. And I'm a person who likes to kind of make informed decisions. And like I said, double down on what, on what works. So if there's data available to you, like please use it to make informed decisions. Like it just makes sense.
0: Did you hear that business owners? Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? She's actually (laughs) using data to make decisions Mm, mixed with real life experience. It's incredible. And
1: good juju. What a novel
0: idea, Sierra. (laughs)
2: it works it somehow works
0: well and it shows you've been at this game for since what you said what 2018 is whenever you kind of yeah you made the move 2018 um you know it's what seven years is my math right on that
1: (laughs) oh my god you're living in the future yeah (laughs) so that's
2: (laughs) It's it's been like four and a half years it feels like seven years
1: 18 and 23 is five, and I'm not into math, but yeah, I'm just gonna my math's go with math. It. My yeah, math's we, math.
2: <laughs> just turned, but, well, we started in like October of of 2018, so we we recently recently had a birthday, um, and oh my god, it's incredible how fast time moves because I didn't even realize it was that long.
1: <laughs> Isn't that weird? I, it's the oh. same thing it's the same thing with kids and how they age like i when i start doing the math on how long until um the 14 year old graduates from high school or starts driving a vehicle then it starts getting really weird because it feels like she just started kindergarten so <laughs>
2: especially pandemic years like oh, yeah. the years have just like
1: flew by <laughs> nothing makes you embrace the the concept or that time is all relative and made up than having lived through that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
2: We're going to have some traumatic stories to share with our offspring.
0: Heck yeah.
1: No kidding.
0: <laughs> well, S- Sierra, as we wrap up here, I was curious, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to get across to our listeners? Anything else, or something that we missed that you really wanted to talk about? Um, feel free.
2: Um, so yeah, I'll just t- touch on quickly a couple of things. So one... I've been experimenting a ton with AI art. Um, We've been doing free drops um, every month of like AI generated crystal inspired artwork, everything from like crystal furniture to just like crazy things like crystal outfits, like things that definitely do not exist and could not exist IRL um, that can exist because of MidJourney. And that's been Really fun. Um, we recorded a podcast episode all about AI recently, and I'm I'm totally an AI maxi as well. So that's a whole another discussion for a different day. Um, but I also want to mention I'll be speaking at the International Women in Blockchain event in DC uh, on March 22nd. Awesome, um, and at NFT NYC uh, next month in April. So if anyone will be at either of those events and wants to connect, um, please hit me up on Twitter at Juju Mama.
1: Oh, that's awesome. You'll see Ron at NFT NYC. I'm skipping this year.
0: Yeah, I'll have Um, to keep a lookout and I'll make sure I link to all that in the show notes here.
2: Nice. Yeah, a lot of people are skipping out this year. It's been a tough bear market and I can, um, I had so much FOMO from last year that I just refused to miss it this year. Honestly, I was like, I'm not going to feel the way I felt last year.
1: (laughs) Well, I I want you to have a great experience. So um, make sure you let me know what your experience is like as a speaker. Um, that's why I'm not going, uh, Ron's going because, you know, he's going for his business and everything else, but I, I chose not to speak this year or even apply to speak because it's just been an interesting ex- journey with that, uh, specific event. So, um, please let me know how your experience is. Um, I'm hoping that lessons have been learned from, from the past and, and they do better this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm bracing myself. I've, I've got this feedback from several people and yeah, I'm, (laughs) I'm hoping I don't have to wait online for eight hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I I think the line thing will probably be okay. I'm, I, I just want to, you know, curation of panels has been a bit of an issue for them in the past. So I'm hopeful that they're, that they're taking some lessons learned and being a little bit more mindful. Um, and as I've been saying recently, no one ever regretted being a little bit more mindful in what they were doing. So I hope that they take those notes and and produce a an event this year that has more mindfulness at the forefront of how they're curating content.
0: Give them some phallus crystal keychains. We'll uh, get it going. To listen. You know what I'm, I'm saying?
1: I might have to send some. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Sierra, this
0: has been super eye-opening for me. I, I love that you again, you're just coming at it from a really authentic point of view. You're coming at it with Um, the, the intention matters and the fact that you have this, uh, this ancestral tie that you didn't even know about just shows that the, for me, the universe works in a really cool way. Uh, whenever you do come at life with, with some uh, authenticity and, um, appreciate your time today.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for answering the call and for, uh, having this conversation. It's been incredible getting to know you a little bit better and I hope, I hope I get to see you soon.
2: Absolutely, this has been a really fun way to spend my Sunday. Despite the the time change really throwing us all off, this has really rebounded things for me. So I appreciate both of you. It's been a pleasure and an honor, uh, and I look forward to hearing more podcast episodes in the future.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. Toss on some intro music, and we'll talk to you later. And as always, enjoy the journey, guys. Thank you for staying here until the very end. If you would do us a favor and leave a comment or a review wherever you downloaded or streamed this podcast from, that goes a long way to help us spread the word about growth mindset. If you're a Web3 native or looking to get started, you can catch us over at Twitter on Tuesday nights where we host the Twitter Spaces at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. There are unique surprises for those of you who attend those shows in addition to our podcast here. It's a Rug Radio production. Until next time, enjoy the journey.